Welcome back, people. This is the Sports Gamble Ramble, and this is SGR 117. This is my final episode before Super Bowl 57. And if you guys aren't sick of me yelling angry things into the microphone this week about the Philadelphia Eagles, um, get ready for some more, I guess. Uh, I'm going to give you guys <clears throat> some of my takes on just what's going on in the media right now. I did a Storylines episode uh, at the beginning of the week last Saturday, and this is just kind of uh, my uh, you know recap on sort of everything we've talked about this week and where I'm at mentally right now. Maybe just personally for me, a little bit of a emotional hedge coming into this game. Just get some shit off my chest here, and again, just, just yell into my mic for another 30, 40 minutes this Friday afternoon as the anxiety continues to build. So in this episode, I'm going to lay some shit out there, like I said, from an Eagles fan standpoint. I'm also going to give you guys some information here. I've given a number of stats and trends and <clears throat> a lot of different shit throughout this week. Anything that I've missed, any of my favorite stats or trends that I want to repeat here and just uh, hammer through for the exclamation point on this Super Bowl lead-up, um, that's what I'm going to give you guys here. So there will be some useful information to try and again, like f drive home for the final time that I really feel strongly about the Eagles being able to finish this shit off in a big way and grab their second uh, Super Bowl title in franchise history. So first thing that I'm gonna do here on this episode is I'm going to talk about the 49ers again. And I know that this is a Super Bowl preview and you know, maybe I should be over the NFC Championship, but it seems like the 49ers aren't over it. They're still talking quite a bit. And I'm going to go ahead and rip a pretty angry rant here about this shit. If you guys haven't been following all the sound bites, the 49ers are just talking so much shit. And every single 49ers player and any fan, any public figure that has a microphone or a platform has been just speaking out their ass, assuming that if Brock Purdy stayed healthy, that the 49ers would have won that football game. So many times this week, I've had to hear that the 49ers are the better team, the better defense, yada, yada, yada. Guys, I cut a 45-minute episode going into that game talking about how the Eagles' defense was going to fuck up Brock Purdy. And now all of their players want to use it as an excuse it's really, it's a lack of an accountability uh, on so many different levels. And I'm seeing it from players that I used to like and guys that I used to be a fan of that I just fucking hate at this point with the amount of dog shit coming out of their mouths. So let's talk about Debo Samuel and what a fucking douchebag he looks like in the media this week. Debo uh, was quoted with some pretty outrageous stuff talking about how Again, if he if if Brock Purdy doesn't get injured in that game, he thinks it wouldn't have been close. That's the headline here. He thinks that the 49ers would have won by double digits. So let me read you guys some exact quotes here. Debo talking about how that game played out. We can just go back to the first quarter, the first half. Just look at how well our defense was actually playing. Keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket, which he doesn't like to do at all, Samuel said. 
On fourth and five, you grant them a catch that you know is not a catch on fourth down. I don't know about granting. You guys clearly could have seen Devontae Smith doing the hand signal to do the no huddle. Any good coach would have immediately thrown the challenge flag. The fact that your head coach, who everybody claims to be this fucking offensive genius and seems to act like the guy's got five rings already and he's the next Belichick, even though he doesn't have a single one, and he's responsible for blowing two different double-digit leads in two different Super Bowls with two different organizations. Okay, if Shanahan was a good enough coach, you guys challenge that, and you don't get the fourth and five uh, for Devontae Smith. And then, okay, the quote continues. Then after that, Brock Purdy's fumble. They're right there on the 25-yard line. Like, that's points right there. And then just the amount of penalties. It was just outrageous. And then what a coincidence again. We turn the ball over again and it's 21 to 7. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You think it's a coincidence that you turn the ball over twice? You think that Brock Purdy fumbling because Hassan Reddick hit his elbow is unlucky? Really, dude? It's not unlucky. I've said it a million times this week. It's not unlucky that you couldn't block Hassan Reddick. It's not unlucky that your genius of a head coach, Kyle Shanahan, decided to try to block the runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year with a second-string tight end. It's not unlucky. So that offense wasn't doing anything, nothing, Samuel continued. Our defense was doing what they were supposed to do, and I feel like Brock was in. And I feel like if Brock was in at quarterback and how our offense moves, I don't think it would have been close. If that makes sense, it's not sour grapes at all. It's just what I see every day. I'm not salty at all. I just speak facts. All right, Debo. I used to like Debo Samuel. I used to be a fan of this guy. This is embarrassing. Again, zero accountability. Excuse after excuse after excuse from this fucking organization. Um, he's not the only receiver that was talking shit. I mentioned Brandon Ayuk on the Storylines episode last Saturday. Let's just go ahead and recap his comments there. Brandon Ayuk. I don't know fully about that defense. They talk about them being a good defense. I'm not sure. I think the Kansas City game pass game will expose what we thought we were going to expose before some unfortunate circumstances. They got extremely lucky. <laughs> Again, it was lucky. I guess it was lucky that you couldn't block any of our pass rushers, right? It was lucky that we forced two different quarterbacks to fumble the ball in the first half of that game. And it was lucky that we cashed in on those turnovers and converted them into points, right? It was all luck. You want to talk about the amount of penalties in the game? Last I checked, those are self-inflicted wounds, pal. You guys had a fuck ton of penalties because you guys were not executing well. Like, you can talk about bias or rigging. What, what, what do the refs get out of it calling like an offensive holding penalty against a team that's down 28-7 to in the third quarter of an NFC champion? Where is the conspiracy? Where's the upside for the league? How does that generate extra revenue? The fact that we want to just extend this game and make it be as boring and unwatchable as possible, it's ridiculous here. Debo and Ayuk, 
Debo went on later to say, I don't have the quote in front of me, um, that if he were a betting man, he would take everything he had and he would put it on the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. These guys are so fucking salty. Robbie Gold, Robbie Gold's like 40 fucking years old. This is a full-grown man, and he can't figure out how to take a loss either, I guess. Robbie Gold, from experience and talent, I like Kansas City over Philadelphia, and I'm not taking anything away from Philly. Every fucking, every fucking comment that's come out of a 49ers player this week has had either the fine print before or after of I'm not taking anything away from Philly, but, right? Okay, so Robbie Gold, I'm not taking anything away from Philly. I think they're a really good football team. Obviously, they have to be a good football team to get there, and they've done it pretty convincingly. They've never had to play in the playoffs a full game yet, though, right? So you get in a game where they're down. If Kansas City gets up on them early, it might take them a little bit out of their game with the run plan, which I assume they're gonna they're trying to get going. They're trying to get going first to get Jalen Hurts going. Fucking wording here is terrible. But if you make Jalen Hurts play quarterback, you're probably going to have a pretty solid day on defense. This is a fucking veteran who's been in the NFL for over 15 years spouting his mouth like this. So, man, I don't know. Maybe you guys don't like listening to me bitch like this. But, man, the disrespect, it, it, it really is crazy. It's, it's insane. They're also bitching about how we need to implement some sort of uh, rule change here. Christian McCaffrey wants him to change the rules because he's so fucking butthurt about this. They want to change the rules so that you're allowed to carry um, a third-string emergency quarterback that doesn't count against your total roster count. Dude, I don't even know where to begin with this, guys. Like, oh, we lost, so let's change the rules. Like, that is that everybody in this generation's fucking go-to at this point? It didn't work out for me. It must be someone else's fault. Let's try and manipulate the circumstances so that next time I don't have to try as hard. Um, yeah, they want to change the rules and provide an emergency quarterback here. Hey, again, if you guys, you know, you went into that game knowing that you only had two quarterbacks active, right? You knew that you had Brock Purdy and you had Josh Johnson. That's on you, pal. What was stopping you from carrying a third quarterback on the team? You didn't want to cut your fucking eighth string special teams linebacker on your backup punt cut? What? Who on that roster was so fucking invaluable that you decided to only carry two quarterbacks? And if that is your decision, you have the ability to coach an emergency quarterback on your team. I mentioned it throughout my episodes. I'm a big Pat McAfee fan. I, I watch his show every week. And Pat McAfee was the emergency quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts throughout Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck's time there. Pat McAfee would practice with the quarterback's coach and guys on the scout team. And, and he would take reps from the backup center in practice, at least throughout training camp, so that if there was an emergency, they at least had a guy who had, you know, six to ten plays under his belt, could run a basic package, 
could make some basic throws and just at least give you the opportunity to play offense. And now again, everybody wants to bitch about how the 49ers were at this massive disadvantage because they couldn't throw a forward pass. Figure it out, dude. This is the NFL. Make Robbie Gold the fucking quarterback if he thinks it's so easy. All you are is a fucking kicker. You want to be out here criticizing Jalen Hurts? But you couldn't go in there and take the snaps when your team was desperate and backs against the wall? No? Didn't want to get under center there, Robbie Gold? What about you, Ayuk? Why couldn't Debo play quarterback? Figure it the fuck out. But quit bitching about it. Because it doesn't look good. It is sour grapes, Debo. You look like a little bitch. <laughs> it's a lot of whining. Um, shout out to Sean Green of uh, the SGPN Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, for the the term, the 40 whiners. That's what we're going with now. You're officially the San Francisco 40 whiners because you won't shut your fucking mouths. It's been a week and you didn't get screwed. You weren't unlucky. You got your asses kicked, okay? So I think that's it for my 49ers talk, but we're going to keep this angry rant going a little bit because there's some other shade happening here. I mean... Where do I want to go first here? Let's go with Hertz. Um, just small, small thing, but Pat Mahomes did win the MVP over Jalen Hurts. And I'm not saying I disagree with it. I get why Mahomes won it, and I think Mahomes is pretty deserving. Like, it was either Mahomes or Hurts, and I'm not really mad at the decision. Hurts missing a couple games affects the numbers and it affects optically you know perspective and perception uh and it's i get it but the fact that uh mahomes did win the mvp hertz is gonna have an extra chip on his shoulder i talked about it in our storylines episode last week it's gonna be a thing and i'll mention that uh super bowl mvps oh and nine Excuse me, regular season MVPs, 0-9 in Super Bowls. We'll just, we'll throw that out there. So it does, it reminds me a little bit of 2017 when it was kind of the whole, like, Philly is the better team from top to bottom, but they have the MVP, they have the poster boy, they have the golden child. And I think that, I think that's part of, uh, where this team will thrive from a mental perspective with all the shit talking here. Um, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni's been getting some shade thrown his way. I mentioned Julian Love, his quotes on our Storylines episode. I want to circle back to it because it's just been magnified a little bit this weekend. Julian Love, uh, safety for the Giants. If you haven't heard of him, it's because he's not that good. Um he felt like he had to go on Good Morning Football and say that, you know, this roster is so good, anyone could win with it, you guys could win with this team. Uh, you know, Sirianni's doing a great job staying out of his team's way, um, you know, enjoying a free ride. Those were essentially his quotes with a little bit of paraphrasing. Oh, man. Yeah, another guy that got absolutely beat the shit out of in the playoffs here and then wants to bitch about it in, in the media the, the next week. It, it's so sad. Um, it really is a lack of accountability, but Sirianni, 
Sirianni is a, is a guy that will have his uh, a chip on his shoulder. He wasn't even nominated, <clears throat> guys. Wasn't even nominated for Coach of the Year. Was not a finalist at the NFL Honors this week. Uh, the winner of that award, Brian Dable, the Giants head coach. Julian Love's head coach. Brian Dable gets Coach of the Year. And I just want to put this into perspective for you guys. The Giants' preseason over-under for wins was 7.5. And, and Brian Dable got them to 9. So he exceeded his preseason win expectation by 1.5 wins. Okay, good job, Brian Dable. I get it. You got the Giants to the playoffs. Most people didn't think they'd be in the playoffs. I didn't think they'd be in the playoffs. Got a lot out of your roster. Absolutely. Also got your ass pushed in by the Eagles in your only wild card game. 38 to 7. But Brian Dable exceeds his team's expect win expectation by one and a half games, and I guess that's enough for him to get coach of the year. If you guys don't remember what the perception of this Eagles team was in the preseason, yeah, we won 14 games. Does anybody remember what our over-under was for wins? Because this team wasn't expected to win 14 games, okay? This wasn't looked at as an all-time historic loaded head-to-toe roster by most quote-unquote experts this past summer, right? Our win total in the preseason, Vegas had our win total at 9.5, guys, and we won 14. So Nick Sirianni exceeds his preseason win total by four and a half games, coaches his team to the number one seed in the NFC, the best record in the NFL, 16 and one with his starting quarterback, 16 and three overall, goes to the Super Bowl, breaking multiple franchise records, including most single season wins by an Eagles team in franchise history and he's not even nominated for coach of the year not even invited to the fucking award show that's a that's an exaggeration he was definitely there guys um yeah it's 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 just insane it really is the the lengths that people are willing to go to to try to poke holes in what the Eagles are doing here and how good this team is. It's it's when you get to the it's like it's like once we got to the point where LeBron started getting compared to MJ. It's like, okay, but what is what doesn't LeBron do, right? What is he bad at? What is he coming up short on? What is he not perfect at? And that's kind of where we're at right now. It's it's driving me a little bit crazy as you can tell, guys. But this Eagles team, not only did they have a win expectation of 9.5 coming into the season and opened at 40-1 to to win the Super Bowl in the offseason, guys, 40-1. to They were a 300, plus 300, excuse me, underdog to win their division at open. I copped them at plus 275 back in May. <clears throat> but this Eagles team, you want to go back 18 months when Sirianni's hired and Wentz is traded... And we don't know what Hurts is yet. There were legitimate conversations for who's the biggest dumpster fire right now in the NFL, the Texans or the Eagles. There was legitimate, we're going to suck for a long time vibes around this team. And 18 months later, we're in the fucking dance, baby.
So I've got a chip on my shoulder as an Eagles fan. I think this team does too. A lot of the shit that I just laid out had to get off my chest a little bit. I think I'm cool with it. But I mentioned um, that this uh, this team, there's a lot of parallels to 2017 in the fact that we've been dominant for almost the entire regular season. Quarterback goes down with an injury over the back third of the year. Some people lose some confidence. Uh, get a nice blowout win in the NFC Championship game against a quarterback that was, you know, exposed against a team that was overrated throughout the entire regular season. Back in 2017, it was the Minnesota Vikings. If you guys remember, people thought Case Keenum was a good quarterback for a year. It's so funny to look back on this shit. People thought Case Keenum was a legitimate NFL starter. And people thought Brock Purdy was a legitimate NFL starter. It's so funny to me. Um, But there's a lot of parallels here. And then what did that 2017 team have to do? They had to go and slay the dragon in the Super Bowl. We had to take down big, bad Brady and Belichick. And now it's similar, you know, we're... Yeah, we're coming off a blow off blowout, excuse me, win in the NFC Championship where maybe we weren't challenged if you want to say that. But now we have to go against the best. If you want to be the man, you got to beat the man, right Rick Flair? And we got to go through Andy Reid and Mahomes, who is the best coaching and quarterback duo in the AFC and have been for the last five years. Very similar to what we had to do going through Brady and Belichick in 2017. And I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, in 2017, I didn't want to play the Jags. I didn't want our Super Bowl win to be over Blake Bortles. I wanted it to be over Brady. And that's where I'm at with this. You know, if you want to make a case for the Chiefs in this game, and I've heard people do it this week, and I understand it, I get it. The Chiefs are a good team, and maybe I'm being a little bit cocky here, but it's just, it really is these fucking 49ers getting under my skin, to be honest. Um, this, This Chiefs team is good, but... If you want to make the case for him, it's all on Mahomes, right? It's all, it's Mahomes. He's the guy. He's the GOAT, which I hate fucking people saying. Um, the rosters, top to bottom, the offensive line, the defensive line, the playmakers as well. Travis Kelsey's great, but guys, I mean, they really are just kind of a hodgepodge of like ancillary pieces, and they're good. They make it work because the scheme is really fucking good. Like Andy Reid's a great offensive head coach, but just talent wise, is there a position where they really have an advantage outside of quarterback? I don't think I see it. And it was the exact same way in 2017. It was, oh, Brady's better than Nick Foles. Ho hum. Nice run, Philly. You know, day late, a buck short. Close, but no stogie. And then what do we do? You prove it. You prove it. So I think I'm getting close to wrapping this up. As I promised you guys, I'm going to throw some stats out here. So let me dig into my notes and I'll see what I got for you guys. All right. So I tweeted this out earlier this week 
And I'm just going to kind of read it off to you guys because it is a lot of great shit that may have been mentioned throughout these episodes, but we're going to put it all in one place down uh, on the record here. So these are some of my favorite stats and trends um, overall that uh, suggest that the Eagles would have an advantage in this game. First off, this spread moved. Uh, at the open from Kansas City minus one and a half to Eagles minus one and a half. Uh, the last 18 teams to get a line movement immediately flip over zero at the open of the spread in Super Bowl week are 16 and two in the Super Bowl. So that line movement was a big thing to instill some confidence in me early uh, last week. Saw that right away, the sharp sharp, but sharp betters getting down on uh, Philadelphia. Uh, taken, I, I wonder what, they could have got the money line maybe plus 110 or so, I would say. I think that's, I think that's about where the Chiefs are. So that would have been nice. Um, but got another one here. Mahomes led the league in passing yards this year. This is the seventh time in NFL history that the league leader in passing yards is played in the Super Bowl. The previous six are 0 and 6. Also, I mentioned Mahomes got the MVP, regular season MVPs in the Super Bowl, 0 and 9 historically. Um, I've brought up a couple of times how good the Eagles' defense is this year. Let's talk about it. The Eagles are ranked number one in defensive pass DVOA. Last six teams to be top five in defensive pass DVOA, and make it to the Super Bowl, are 5-1 in the big game. The Eagles are 16-1 this year with Jalen Hurts. With Jalen Hurts against playoff teams this year, the Eagles are 7-0. Their total combined score, 218-97, winning by 17.8 points per game against playoff teams. Eagles are also only the third team in NFL history to go 9-1 and against teams with a winning record. There are only 20 offensive linemen in the NFL this year that have played 550 snaps or more and allowed one or fewer sacks. Again, 20 offensive linemen that fit that trend. Four of them are on the Eagles Four. Four out of 20, guys, in the entire NFL. We've got four of them. Um, I got some other stuff here for you. This one I really like. Um, the Chiefs uh, The Chiefs' record in the regular season to cover the spread. They covered the spread uh, at less than 40%. And teams to make the Super Bowl with a cover rate below 40% are 0-3 all-time in the Super Bowl. So that's fun. Like that. The Chiefs, red zone defense, they're ranked 30th versus the Eagles red zone offense, ranked third. So I think that's a big matchup for us as well. Um, Eagles, third down offense, ranked fourth in the NFL. Chiefs, third down defense, ranked 17th. So I like that quite a bit. Also, I, I gave out on my game props a couple of props on fourth down conversions, um, whether it's any time uh, fourth down conversion um, over under one and a half fourth down conversions, length 
of longest fourth down conversion. I gave out a few of those props. I also gave out Eagles to have a fourth down conversion in their own territory at plus 300. This is a pretty sweet prop, or stat rather. The Eagles scored 114 points on drives with a fourth down conversion this year. 114 points scored off of drives where they converted a fourth down. It's the most not only by any team in this season, but by any team since the 90s. This is a historic team, and yes, it's possible that we don't win this game. It's always possible. Mahomes is a great player. I get it. And the Chiefs are a very good team. But there's a lot of shit going the Eagles' direction here. I really think that the the roster is just a lot better. And I think that this locker room is ready for this moment. Um, there are nine guys on this team that were on the 2017 Super Bowl team. And I know that this Chiefs... This Chiefs locker room is experienced too, and they've been to five straight NFC conference game or AFC conference games, and they were in the Super Bowl um, just a couple years ago. But man, this Eagles team has some leaders and some personalities and some dogs that I really think are going to come through when it matters most. I mentioned Brandon Graham getting that game sealing uh, fourth sack fumble um, on Tom Brady in the final. Like that's a play that you got to be. You got to be ready for that moment. And I believe this team to do that. I think that, again, the veterans on this team, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and Lane Johnson, that core four that's been there for the last decade, the foundation of these Super Bowl runs. It's potential that this is the last game we see with those four all on the Eagles roster. There's, you know retirement rumors around a couple of these guys there's also free agency contracts expiring i think when it comes down to legacy i think this team's going to be ready to go i think they have the leadership i think that jalen's going to be ready for the moment too you know and i'm seeing people talking about how if uh if the chiefs get up like robbie gold's jackass fucking comment if if the chiefs get up early and Jalen has to win it with his arm. I'm, I'm so sick of it. This team can beat you in so many different ways. We were down 14, nothing to the Jaguars in week four and came back and spanked them as well. And the Jaguars went and made the playoffs. It's not a horrible Jaguars. They won a playoff game as well. It's not a terrible Jaguars team. We were down 14, nothing to them. I, I, we didn't have to overcome that many gaps or that many deficits this season, but we have done it. And if you want to write Jalen Hurts off as a passer, go, fucking go for it. But I don't think it's like that. I also think if we're only down like a touchdown, like we don't have to abandon the run game. Even if we're down 10 or 14 at some point in this game, we can still run the football. I genuinely believe that. Obviously, if time comes down to it and you're down two scores with five minutes left, then it's an issue, right? But like, Let's not act like there's some sort of game script here where the Eagles are going to automatically just be made one-dimensional from the start. I don't see that happening. Again, the O-line and the defense across the board advantage for the Eagles. It's going to have to be a Mahomes-Superman game in order for them to win it, and I'm not saying it's impossible. That is a situation that is it definitely can happen like if there's a guy that can win a fucking game by being superman it's mahomes and that's who we're playing and i get it but 
I think that this team is ready for it. I, I've given you guys a lot of stats and trends this year on why. I've given you a lot of shit about the 49ers. Wasn't expecting that this week, to be honest. But they just keep saying dumb shit, guys. They really just keep saying stupid fucking shit. And I have to, I can't sit back here and act like it isn't the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. So do I expect us to, you know, break Patrick Mahomes' elbow in the first quarter of this game and win 31-7? to Probably not. I feel good, though, guys. I feel good. I'm nervous as fuck, but I feel good at the same time. I'm confident, but I'm nervous, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm confident in this team. I'm confident that we are the better team. I'm confident that we will be ready to go. But, man, am I nervous. The anxiety at this point leading up to this shit is ridiculous. I think I'm done talking about it. Um, I, I really appreciate you guys. This is five Super Bowl episodes here this week. Um, four in three days. It's been a bit of a grind. Um, yeah, what do I always say at this shit? You know, slide into my DMs. I'd love to hear what you guys are betting for the Super Bowl. Um, I'll be posting some action here this weekend on the Instagram and the Twitter as far as what I'm getting down on for action. I've given you guys so many props here this week. Um, and I'll be posting, you know, probably some final picks here this weekend. So make sure you're looking for that at SGR pod. But man, I don't have anything left to say, guys. I'm emotionally drained from that 49ers rant. And I just, I just wish I could fast forward the next 36 hours or so and get to this game. I'm ready to fucking go, and I hope you guys are too. Thanks for listening again. Uh, if you're rooting for the Eagles in this game, good luck. If you're rooting for the Chiefs, go fuck yourself. But I do appreciate you listening. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, go, Birds, and ramble on.